Woke up from my nap about noon Just thought that I had to be at Russell's soon Gotta get there before the chat begins Before we all start bitching about our kids About to go when I hear a whine It's the young synth pad screaming I need to die! Ran in the house, grabbed a bottle Changed their diaper, then I hit the throttle Cruising down the street in my four door Glory days behind me and my back is sore Using sleeper app to manage my teams Winning that juice is now the only dream Because the dads in the chat are always on We take out our trash and we mow our lawns Now the mic is on and we're damn near live So sit back and peep this dad chat ride Welcome back to dad chat episode 5 Coming to you from Columbus, Ohio Yeet yeet from the Holiday Inn Express, not a sponsor. Beds are so comfortable. So yeah, we're coming live from our hotel room here. It is Saturday, September 11th. We just got uh, done going to the Ohio State versus Oregon game. Yeet! Tim being a big Oregon fan, he's pretty excited. This is was his first uh, Oregon game he's ever been to. Tim, why don't you tell everyone about your experience today? <clears throat> well, I've been to the Horseshoe a couple times before, mainly for Badger games, because all my buddies are uh, Badger fans or Buckeye fans. But <clears throat> we were supposed to go to the Oregon-Ohio State game last year in Oregon, and uh, that didn't happen because COVID. So here we are today. I'm pretty pumped for this one. Get here, people tailgating at 6.30 in the morning, which is pretty sweet. Took us a while to find a, find a parking spot. Uh, we went, <laughs> we were trying to park in this one spot, because we noticed a lot of cars parking with no, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Parking passes. Yeah. So we found this one spot next to the stadium where just a bunch of random cars, we didn't think anything Yeah, of. they were just parking on the grass, and I'm like, all right, let's just park here. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out that was for uh, security, working the stadium. So, yeah, they kicked us out almost immediately. Yeah, so then I went back driving around, finally found a spot to park and tailgate. Costed 20 bucks, Not bad. So, doing that, drinking some drinking some beers, beverages, eating some food, grilling some hamburgers. Appar- yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Say, apparently uh, you can't do charcoal here. Yeah, I guess uh, that's a rule. If you have to, if you're tailgating, you have to use a gas uh, gas grill. Uh, we did not know that. We used charcoal. Luckily, we didn't get kicked out or anything. Right. Also, didn't uh, totally forgot back when I was a student here that if you're tailgating, you have to drink everything out of like solo cups. Yep. No, we had. You know, I guess we were told by the guys tailgating next to us, like, "Oh, we're supposed to have cups," and instead of cans, I'm like, "Well, don't have any cups." So. <laughs> Drinking out of cans, so, but we didn't get in any trouble, so that was good. So that was good. So then it's getting closer to game time. We walk over to, uh, start walking, heading over to the stadium. Russell's got an Ohio State jersey for me because we have to, uh, <clears throat> let's see, we bought the tickets, had to have a. Well, yeah, they were student tickets, so. Yep. So, had to have IDs and everything like that. So, had ours, had my, uh, Got closer, had the Buckeye jersey bleh, over my Duck jersey. I got a picture of it, though. Yeah, uh, stupid. I think I'll post that on our Facebook page and our Twitter account just to uh, 
let the fans know you uh, were wearing an Ohio State jersey at some point today. One of the bigger regrets of my life. Should have been flipping off the camera, not oh, no, piecing no. it. So we get close, and as we're getting there, uh, we're getting the line, and all of a sudden all these uh, dudes, because the big noon kickoff was there, <clears throat> all these dudes start pushing us out of the way, like, dude, you got to move, you got to move. Russell moves to one side of the line. I try to go over there, too, and this one big dude is just like, no, 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 you can't go there. You can't go over there. you got to come over on this side. I was like, what? Move over here. I was like, oh, okay, fine. All of a sudden in the line, you see Brady Quinn, Matt Leinart, I don't know, some other dude, and then Reggie Bush was the last one coming out. He was kind of late coming behind everybody. As I saw him coming up, I was like, this is my opportunity to fist bump Reggie Bush. Let's do it. So he's walking by. I was like, yo, Reggie. What's going on, man? And he's like, puts up, fist bump. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. It's you, awesome. Yeah, you know he only gave you a fist bump because you're wearing Ohio State jersey. If he saw you wearing an Oregon jersey, uh, him being from USC totally would have snubbed you. Guaranteed. So, so uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're Whatever. welcome for that. Whatever. So, anyway, fist bump that. Went over to us. I was like, hey. Fist bump Reggie Bush. And then he just gave that same spiel that he just gave then. And I still gave the, I don't give a shit. I got a fist bump from Reggie Bush. Suck it. So uh, then we're going through the lines, getting ready. And what was crazy was there was actually another Oregon fan in the student section of Ohio State sitting in the line. And he had all his Ducks gear on and everything. I was like, hmm, I probably could have got away with not wearing the Buckeyes jersey, but whatever. I want to make sure I get into this game and see it. So everybody's all... <laughs> I'll give him crap a little bit and go, oh, this guy's bold and everything. And just listen to all the chatter around us and stuff. And I looked at Russell. I was like, God, if they love that, wait till they get a load of this when we get in. So we eventually get through the line and everything. As soon as we get past the gate, I rip off the Buckeye jersey, have the Mariota jersey on. I was like, it's right. Let's go. Get up into the stadium, getting ready for kickoff. And college atmosphere, college football is just way crazier than NFL, like, I've only been to one NFL football game, but, and Lambo was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but even those Buckeyes, like, it was just, the the intensity is just crazy. Yeah, so let's talk, let's talk about the game. Oregon wins 35-28. Um, my assessment of the game was uh, Buckeyes defense had a, was struggling today to stop the run. Um, that was a probably, I think, a big reason why they didn't come out with the win. They couldn't stop the run when they needed to. And uh, on offense, missing wide-open receivers. Um, C.J. Stroud, uh, he made plays, but there were, there were a lot of plays he left on the field. They could not cover Chris Olave to save their life. Yeah, that was um, frustrating. Also, uh, Garrett Wilson couldn't cover him either. Um, I think if C.J. Stroud was a little more accurate today hitting those guys, might have been a different story. But um, Oregon capitalized on their opportunities, took advantage of the of the lack of our run defense, and uh, they came out with the win. That, that's my assessment of the game. What do you uh, What do you got to say about your your Ducks, Tim? With Anthony Brown at the quarterback spot, um, I I think their offense is booming. Um, I think they'll be all right there. The only thing I didn't like was there were certain situations that if you're gashing a defense for four yards getting towards the end of the game, probably shouldn't go away from that. So I kind of questioned some of the coaching uh, 
decisions towards the end of the game that could have sealed it quicker instead of keeping them in the game. But C.J. Verdell had had a monster game today. Uh, let me just pull up his stats here really quick because I don't remember what he ended up with. But it was too many is what he <laughs> ended up with. Too many yards, that's for sure. But uh, Ohio State's defense did come alive in the fourth quarter and give gave our offense opportunities to tie that game. Um, crowd was finally getting loud. The crowd was fairly loud throughout the game, but the fourth quarter, it just went up a notch. It was, it was loud. It, my ears were ringing. So we, uh, we got more into it in the fourth quarter, but it was not enough. Our opportunities, our defense was giving us, that's for sure. So CJ Verdell had 20 carries in today's game for 161 yards and two touchdowns. Also had three receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. Um, it was averaging 8.1 yards per carry, but he had one huge, like, 70 yard. Yards. Yeah. But what was impressive before that is even before that big run, dude was gaining four yards a carry on the ground. So yeah, the, there's there's no reason to the go The Buckeyes were not setting the edge on there. They were just getting to the outside with ease and... If you're not going to set the edge in the run game, you're going to get gashed. And every time it came down to a crucial play, crucial play, they need the first down. Verdell to the to the left or to the right on the outside was just getting the corner, getting the getting the first down or a touchdown because they were just Buckeye defense needs to get that that fixed. They were not good last week either versus Minnesota stopping the run. So if Ohio State wants to. Uh, go anywhere the rest of the season, they need to clamp down on that run defense. Well, it's actually, but, actually but, opposite for Oregon. They need to clamp down on that uh, pass <laughs> defense. Well, I mean, they, they got Chris Olave. You can't really blame him. He's a freaking beast. <laughs> they did pretty decent against the run. There was a couple times at the beginning of the game, I mean, fresh legs and everything like that. They had a little bit of trouble, trouble but it, really, it was really nice to see the Oregon defense just fly around to the ball that – the running back bounced off one guy. There was four other guys there to kind of swallow him up. So, I mean, that was good to see, knowing that you can't really just break away, no problem. But, man, Oregon's corners have got to get – I don't know, it's just got to be a better scheme. I don't know why we kept playing single coverage on a dude that kept toasting us. But it's whatever. They've got another week to prepare. Um, I so, think they got an easier opponent next week. But Interesting. I just pulled up NFL mock draft for 2022. Garrett Wilson, number five for us, is supposed to be a top ten pick according to this mock draft. And I thought I thought it'd be Chris Olave, but let me I'm gonna see if he's even he's in here. I like Chris Olave. Um, Chris Olave is supposed to be a top twenty pick. Yeah. So they got Ohio State's got two top potentially top twenty wide receivers. Yep. So uh can't really blame Oregon for not not guarding that kind of talent well, but they did come away with the W, but, but uh, let's let's talk about the Ohio State fans. How were the Ohio State fans for you today? Uh, actually, the Ohio State fans they were uh, they were all right. They were decent. I know my first. All right, was... the dudes tailgating next to us gave us bacon. <laughs> they gave us beer. Like, <laughs> what more could you ask for? Hey, bacon and all beer. All right, they all right means they were you know good dudes. Like this this trip to Ohio State was definitely uh, what do you call it? It was a little more peaceful than um, my first trip here. <clears throat> we won't go into that because I think I've already talked about a well, story I about mean, that. Well, I mean, you got to remember, last game you went to, you're, you were representing the Badgers. 
and they're more of a rival for us in Oregon. So there's a when it comes to rivals, there's a little more animosity. I mean, we play Oregon once a decade, twice a decade, maybe. So True. it's not we don't have this kind of hatred for Ducks fans. Unless you start, you know, mouthing off in the student section, then you may have had a different experience. But right, but no, everybody, know, was everybody was being pretty cool. So I was like, oh, I could be pretty cool too. Then nobody literally, you know, went too off. And that is right, uh, representing the Badgers because, like I said, we have other buddies that are Badger fans, and I was there with. I was like, well, I gotta can't represent Ohio State. I gotta represent Badgers at that time. But Oregon fan all the way here. Just want to let you all know. Yeah, the. Uh, uh, I think the best part for me was uh, the people around us in our seats. They were like, oh, are you guys uh, juniors, seniors? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, um, senior. I'm gradu- graduated. And she's like, oh, like last year? I'm like, uh, like 2012? <laughs> she's like, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, I'm old. It's fine. That's all right. She was 24. She was pretty old. True, true. According to her. Yeah, according to her, 24, she was she was just so old, and I'm just like... Mm, you don't even know. This girl don't even know what she's talking about, but... Well, that's, that's a good kind of synopsis of our, our day today. Um, top, but yeah, definitely. Topped it off with Raisin Cane's, oh, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of made me feel better after the Buckeye loss is, you know, Raisin Cane's my little comfort food. Oh, dude, all the Ducks fans afterwards, I mean... Walk by and be like, yeah, man, look what you did, yeah. yeah High fives, yeah. fist bumps, all of it. But I do got to give I gotta give a shout-out to the Ohio State fans a little bit here. I mean, they were pretty cool about everything. Like, leaving the stadium, like, good game, man, good game, man. Instead of being like, oh, who's this intruder? We lost to your team. We hate you type of thing. They were like, all right, it was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, and it was a good game. Was. It definitely it was. It was a good game. Um, Definitely something I enjoyed, getting in, the crowd getting into it. I mean, my voice is, I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is kind of going. As I was screaming, Anthony, <laughs> trying to get in the head of Anthony uh, Anthony Brown, didn't work. He, he still played well enough to, to get the W, so. I was actually I was actually impressed by his poise today, too. Even when you guys started, like, just the whole crowd started, especially in the fourth quarter when it got down to crunch time and. You could feel the stadium shake it. Yeah, there were, there were no turnovers today. Nope. Ohio I mean, State outside. threw one pick. Oh, we did. Yeah, that's Ohio right. Ohio State threw one pick. Was that like at the it end was of the half? It was third and 18 in the fourth oh, quarter yeah, yeah, with yeah, like yeah. two that's and a half right. minutes that's left. Right. I mean, no no turnovers on Oregon's nope. behalf. Nope. Um, unless they didn't. I mean, unless you count like going for fourth and not getting it. Right. But, but count, that count happens those, more in college. I don't count those as four turnovers. Yeah. But um, that's it for our... Um, Oregon then Ohio State uh, summary there, and uh, definitely a fun time, y'all. Just letting you know. Uh, Derek, Go Ducks. Derek, our other co-host, wanted to do a weekly uh, NFL pick'em between the five of us. So we're gonna kind of go over our picks this week for Week One. I'm gonna go over um, the games that we all picked the same. We don't really need to talk about it if we all pick the same team. We all had Tampa over Dallas. Yes, I picked Tampa to beat my Cowboys. <laughs> I was just being realistic. He had a tear in his eye, though. Yeah. Uh, we all actually picked Buffalo over Pittsburgh. We all picked San Francisco over Detroit. That's pretty much the gimme game of the week. Um, we all picked Green Bay over New Orleans. We all picked Baltimore over Las Vegas. 
So those were all consensus picks. I think pretty straightforward. Now we'll go over the ones that we have a little bit of differences. So first one we have here is Seattle and Indianapolis, at Indianapolis. I took Seattle. Tim took Seattle. Derek took Seattle. Kevin took Seattle. But Matt, riding the Carson Wentz train, he just loves Carson Wentz. Dude, he's got a soft spot in his heart for Carson Wentz. He's taking Indy. It's probably <laughs> because he loves Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And thinks he's the best running back, you know, alive. That would be your typical Badger fan right but there. But I'm taking Russell Wilson. You're going to tell me it's Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz? I don't, Wilson all I, day. I don't care if Indy's defense is good. I'm going to take Russell Wilson. Yep. So, I mean, Matt's not here to defend himself, but that's my my con- consensus is, you know, with, with his thoughts on that. It's probably a Jonathan Taylor is going to, you know, dominate the game and the Indy defense is going to stop Russell Wilson. I, I don't really think so. Next one we have, oh, probably the most interesting game of the week. Uh, Jaguars and Texans. Dude, that's like a coin flip. <laughs> uh, all of us took Jacksonville, except Derek. Derek went with Houston. I don't know why. Um, he's probably just not all. He's probably not impressed with Trevor Lawrence. He's he is. Um, Derek lived in South Carolina for a while, and they hate Clemson. Hate, <laughs> hate, hate Clemson. They were. Gamecocks people down there. His, I think his wife's a South Carolina fan. Yep. So I think he probably is a, no, 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 not picking the Clemson quarterback. Screw <laughs> that. We're going to go with Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans. I don't know why. I think they suck and might not win a single game this year. Well, not even, don't just take away Trevor Lawrence out of the equation. The, the running backs and receivers for Jacksonville are way better than that Houston defense. And then you're going to sit there and try to play a shootout game with anybody you know, throw to Brandon Cooks the whole entire time. Like, there's just there's just nothing good going on in Houston right now. Think Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay are gonna be good at running back for them. No, no, I don't. I don't. So, all right, our next game on the docket is Philadelphia at Atlanta. We've got uh, Matt, you, and Kevin taking Philly. Me and Derek are taking Atlanta. I'm taking the home team here. I think Atlanta at home. With the weapons of Ridley and Pitts, I I don't know if Philly can can stop them. Philly's team is is terrible. They're one of the worst teams in the league last year. I am not picking them on the road. Jalen Hurts, they've been trying to replace him all off season. They traded for Gardner Minshew. They were trying to get to Sean Watson. I don't think they're sold on Jalen Hurts. So I'm going with uh, with Atlanta potentially. I'm, Joe Flacco might be the starter there by the end of the year. I don't know. Like they were trying to, they it, were trying to move on from Jalen Hurts, but then all of a sudden, towards the end of the season, they, he seemed to win the hearts of Philly a little bit. Yeah. Coach oh, staff seemed to roll. I said Joe Flacco. Yeah. He, is he still on the team? Uh, yes. So they have Minshew, Flacco. Okay, it's probably going to be Minshew. I think. Yeah, Minshew might take over if if Hurts strings together like three bad weeks I think in he, a row. Yeah, I think he's going to struggle. Yeah. Um, but, Defend, defend your Philly pick. I, when it comes down to it, it's uh, defenses for me, and Atlanta's is still trash. I think Philly added enough talent on the, not saying elite talent or anything like that, that make a run to the Super Bowl type of thing, but against an Atlanta defense that seems to be struggling the past two, three years, I think... Uh, 
think Philly's defense is just a little bit better than Atlanta's, and I think that'll be the deciding factor in the game. Um, like I said, another one to me is like kind of like a coin flip, but I just when I look at the talent level um, on defense, not offense, because Atlanta's added talent to their offense as well. I just think that I think Philly will force a key turnover to seal the game. Okay, yeah, maybe Matt Ryan will throw a pick. <laughs> Oh, no, not, not for my fantasy dynasty. team. Not for my dynasty Okay, team. so next game we have the Chargers at the Washington football team. Uh, me, Matt, and Tim, we all picked the same, picked Washington here. Wow, Tim, you didn't pick your boy Herbert, huh? No, no, no. Herbert's going to have a good game. Don't get me wrong. It's you just don't think he'll win. I just don't think the Chargers are going to do enough to stop Antonio Gibson. Okay. And then when it comes down to the last two minutes of the game of, like, trying to do last-minute drives or whatever. Don't get me wrong. I love my boy Herbert. Like, I, I think he's a bold, bold bold statement. I think he's an MVP candidate this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think he's an MVP pump, candidate this year. Pump the brakes. <laughs> he didn't. He won one game last year. You have to win games to be MVP, not dude, just put up garbage uh, fantasy tests. Dude, he, all the games they lost last year was, like, less than, like, six points. Yeah, could have easily went the other way. Look at what he put up for stats, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, he put up stats because they were down by a lot, and he's throwing his garbage stats. But I'm just saying. Um, Derek and Kevin took uh, took the Chargers in this one. I'm taking Washington a because they're they're at home. Their defense is insanely good. It's gonna be a top five um, defense this year, easy. Fitz Fitzpatrick or Fitz Magic, I Fitz think. Magic. I think is gonna take that offense to the next level. I mean, they had Dink and Dunk, Alex Smith, and were winning games. Now they actually have a quarterback who's willing to, you know, throw it deep, take the chances. I think with that combination, with their defense, I think at home, I think it'll be an easy, easily won game. Um, next one we have, we have Minnesota at Cincinnati. Um, me, Matt, and Kevin have Minnesota. Tim and Derek uh, have the Bengals in this one. I'm taking Minnesota because I, I like the coaching staff better. I like their consistency with their offense better. I like their running back better. And I think their defense was terrible last year, but I think their defense is going to be much improved this year. They they signed Dalvin uh, Tomlinson. They got Daniil Hunter back. They also got uh, Pierce, another D tackle, who sat out last year because of COVID. So I also signed Patrick Peterson in the offseason. Mike Zimmer is known for having good defenses. I think their defense is going to be good. I think their offense is going to be is going to run over the Bengals defense. Bengals defense is not good. That's my that's my take on that one. Why did you pick the Bengals here, Tim? I think the Bengals are going to spread out that defense of Minnesota. Now I know they got key people coming back, but I as trashy as the Bengals offensive line is right now. I just see Joe Burrow putting up numbers in this one with his uh, – if Jamar Chase can fit into the mold of how he was in college. Um, well, he's got to learn how to catch the ball that doesn't have strikes. Yeah, on. exactly. If he can learn that, I mean, <laughs> Jamar Chase with all – like we talked about in one of the episodes, all the hype surrounding him. But if he can come into form of the type of player he's supposed to be, you have Chase, you have Higgins, you have Boyd. If Mixon can stay healthy, like they've got – They've got weapons on offense that any defense in the NFL can have trouble with it. It's just a matter of if Burrow can get the ball out quick, get it out fast. But I get the whole front seven, basically, what Russell was saying in Denver, or I mean with Minnesota. 
But the problem I see here is I know they have Patrick Peterson. Dude's kind of getting old. I don't know if he's the same as he was before. I honestly see the corners having a hard time in this game. Um, yeah, if uh, if they do ball control and everything, might go Minnesota's way or whatever, but I honestly think this game's going to be a shootout. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I think we have a water bet that uh, Vikings won't swim more than 17 in this game. God, that was a dumb water bet. <laughs> so you now have a shootout. So let's see. See if see if they can put up 17. Was I drunk on that day? No, we were golfing. golfing. Because you were talking shit about uh, Cousins. I'll still uh, talk shit about Cousins. So next game we have another uh, super intriguing matchup. Panthers at the Jets. <laughs> Me, Matt, and Kevin both picked, uh, all picked the Panthers. You and Derek uh, on the same team again here picking the Jets. I'm taking Carolina uh, for one reason. Revenge narrative. Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson versus their old team. And they have Christian McCaffrey back. The Jets, I, Jets are going to have to show me something before I pick them to beat anybody. They got a rookie quarterback, new offense, new everything. I don't really like their weapons all that much. I mean, Corey Davis is their wide receiver one. Elijah Moore, dude. Okay, he's a rookie. He ain't going to do nothing right away. Maybe, or maybe he goes off. Okay, you can you can get on that train. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying the Jets um, so are. I think anywhere I think the I think the Panthers are gonna go in there. Jets got no answer for Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson. So I'm taking the Panthers. Why'd you go with Zach Wilson and the Jets here? So Robert Sala coming over from San Francisco. I think he's gonna bring that same mentality. I think the defense is gonna be shored up because he's a defensive minded guy. I think this one comes down to ball control and uh, doing everything they can to protect Zach Wilson and putting him in the right situation to succeed. Okay. <clears throat> so this is a close game for me. This isn't no blowout by any means. But I think Sala is uh, going to end up being one of them borderline great coaches in the NFL. I think Really? I think he'll turn around that franchise. It won't be right away, but I think, I think uh, the Jets – changing their whole coaching staff, their whole management type of deal. I think the Jets are in a, are are doing the right things now compared to the last five years. And I think it's going to show this Sunday what the future could hold for them. All right, all right, all right. We'll go to the next game here then. We've got Arizona at Tennessee. Me, Matt, and Kevin again, same team, taking Tennessee. <laughs> you and Derek taking Arizona. I'm taking Tennessee uh, for a few reasons. First, they're at home. Both teams have terrible defenses, so I don't know if anyone's going to stop anyone. Uh, but I'm taking the running back for the Tennessee Titans. If they want to prevent the Cardinals from scoring, ball control. Keep it away from them. And that means giving the ball to Derrick Henry and saying, good luck tackling this, this dude. Keep the ball away from Kyler Murray. That's what I think their strategy is going to be because they need to protect their defense. Their defense is terrible, so you don't want to be in a you don't want to be in shootouts all the time. Even though they do have the weapons of AJ Brown and Julio, you don't want to expose your defense that much. Let teams be worried about AJ Brown and Julio, and then you just run Derrick Henry down their throat. That's what I would do. So that's why I'm taking Tennessee. Why are you taking the Cardinals here? 
I think J.J. Watt brings that new new defensive mentality to Arizona. J.J. Watt is washed. Dude, I'm just saying, I think that defense the is going to be a little bit better. The dude wears more braces than a, you know, a 13-year-old girl with crooked nah, teeth. He's ready. he's ready to make a run. He believes in his team. That, But the actual deciding factor for me is uh, Kyler Murray always starts hot at the beginning of the season. It's whether he can stay hot towards the later part of it. Okay. So I think uh, Kyler Murray, to me, is the difference in this game. High-scoring game, low-scoring game, what do you expect? Uh, we'll just say I think the Cardinals win 28-24. Okay, so fairly high scoring. The next one, I think, is a super intriguing game. We've got uh, Cleveland at Kansas City. So I have me, Matt, and Kevin are taking Kansas City. Oh, no. no, me, Matt, Derek, and Kevin are all taking Kansas City. You're the only one on the Cleveland train here. <clears throat> so I'm taking Kansas City. Again, A, they're at home. B, Andy Reid in home openers or in opening games so week one has an impeccable record even when he's playing Belichick and Brady in the day smash them on week one when you give him this much time to prepare he's he's tough to beat I don't care who you are so I'm going to take the consistency of Andy Reid in week one at home Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey yeah, the, the Browns are the, the new up-and-coming. Maybe they'll take that next step. But in the end, I'm thinking, okay, if it comes down to which quarterback am I taking, it's not even in the same ballpark, Baker versus Mahomes. So I'm taking Mahomes at home. Defend your Cleveland pick here. All right, so let's get one thing straight. I, even though I made this pick, the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC has got to go through Kansas City. I mean, that they're going to be the top team in the AFC. But for week one, I think Cleveland, after that playoff game last year where they got kind of went toe-to-toe with Kansas City and then, at, then just couldn't do anything on defense to uh, give themselves one last chance, going out and getting Jadavian Clowney as long as he stays healthy, Miles Garrett. I think the Chiefs, even though their offensive line has gotten better, are going to have troubles with them dudes just right off the bat. The other thing for me on that is if you can actually pressure Patrick Mahomes, Cleveland's got one of the fastest secondaries in the NFL. Um, I know Tyreek Hill's fast. I know all the receivers are fast. But I think Cleveland purposely built themselves for matchups like this. On the offensive side of the ball, Baker doesn't need to win you the game. He just needs to not lose you the game. You've got the running game, like the Chiefs defense, I'm not it's not horrible, but it's suspect. And I think Cleveland can like the whole Tennessee Arizona thing. I think Cleveland's gonna try to ball play, control that. Play keep away yeah. from Mahomes. So I think week one, I think Cleveland wants to set the tone right away, and I think they end up getting the upset out of uh, Kansas City. That would be a pretty big upset and uh they're, the hype for Cleveland would be through the roof if they went into Kansas City Week One, see if they can handle that kind of uh, that kind of pressure. I think a last second field goal wins it for the Bruins. Uh, next one here is uh, Miami at New England. Um, only me and Kevin have Miami here. You, Matt, and Derek have uh, New England. So I'm taking Miami because it's a division game. In years past, Miami seems to have 
just, they always seem to throw a curveball at New England and somehow just pull out a random win. Do you remember a few years back when, uh, obviously, Patriots still had Brady. They were super good. They went to Miami, and Miami played Wildcat like 80% of the game. Was that Ronnie Brown? Yeah. And, like, the Patriots were like, what the, what's going on? And then they, they won. Like, Miami just seems to have their number at the most random times. So, I think, I think Miami's a better team right now than New England. New England's starting a rookie quarterback. Their weapons are okay. Their defense should be back. They had a lot of guys opt out last year for COVID. So I think their defense will be better than it was last year, but I'm just not sold on that team as a whole right now. So I'm going to take Miami. I'm guessing Miami's probably the underdog here, but I'm taking Miami. I, I haven't looked at the Vegas line, but assuming it's at New England, they're probably favorites. So I'm going to take uh, Tua over Mac Jones. I'm taking the old, Al- old Alabama quarterback versus the new one. That's, that's, that's where I'm going. So you got... Why'd you take New England here? <clears throat> I think Bill Belichick's out for redemption to prove that he's not washed up. <laughs> After watching Brady win a Super Bowl last year, people will say what they want about Belichick, but you know that was eating at him inside. Oh, for sure. So now I think that's why they went out, spent all the money that they've spent more in years. I'm not saying you can you know just buy a team and expect to be great, but I think Belichick's going to have a game plan in place for his young rookie quarterback. He's got his defense back this year, so I think he feels better about that. Um, what it comes down to me right here is, as you know, as this season one has, you know, continues on for us, I'm not a fan of Tua, and I think he ends up being the reason the Dolphins lose week one. Okay. All right. Next one we have here is Denver at the Giants. We've got four of us, me, Matt, Tim, and Kevin, all taking Denver. Derek's the only lone wolf here, wolf taking here. They're taking the Giants in this one. I mean, I don't really have a good reason. I think Denver's defense is going to be pretty good. I just don't like Giants, the Giants' defense. I, think that's I don't the like the Giants at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have my old head coach as their coordinator, uh, Jason Garrett, but Barkley's still not 100%. Um, Galladay's been dealing with some injury issues. Evan Ingram's a bust. Uh, Evan Ingram's hurt again, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take the, the Broncos because I think they've got a better defense. I think Teddy won't make mistakes. Teddy uh, Bridgewater will do enough offensively to uh, to get the win here. Derek's not here to defend his Giants pick, but might, he might. it might be because he has Barkley in fantasy. Maybe, maybe, that, he's, that would a little, be my guess. maybe he's a little biased there, but who knows. Um Next one we've got here, another uh, Sunday night game here. Rams, or sorry, Chicago at the Rams. We have four of us taking the Rams. Oh, it's and Kevin. And, of course, Lewis. Kevin is taking the Bears. That's because he's a big Bears fan. He has to take the Bears, I think, because that's, that's, <laughs> that's his team. That's not right. Rams defense. Stout. At home. Rams got Stafford now. Slinging it. They've got weapons. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I mean, they've signed Deshaun Jackson. He'll play a game and a half this year. Don't sleep um, on Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. They also drafted, what, Tutu Atwell. Yep. They've got plenty of weapons. Tyler Higby. Uh, and 
They just traded for Sonny Michelle and got Daryl Henderson. They have enough at running back, I think. And definitely they have a great defense. And they're at home. And Aaron the, Donald's The Bears are the looking for a reason to bench Andy Dalton. So this would be the perfect way to do it. Put him in against the Rams. He looks terrible. You throw in Justin Fields next week. So I'm taking the Rams. Kevin's taking the Bears. Uh, <coughs> Because he's a Bears fan. I get it. Um, maybe he thinks they're going to shock him. I don't know. Maybe I mean, if they win, they're probably not going to bench Andy Dalton for a little bit then. Because if Andy Dalton goes in there and beats the Rams, he's probably going to solidify that job for a little bit. So as a Bears fan, maybe Kevin wants to root for the loss. <laughs> to get, to get Justin Fields in there quicker. Because the, the longer Andy Dalton looks good, the, the the longer Justin Fields is gonna have to wait. So, and uh, we all in the Monday night game we all picked Baltimore. So, what we're gonna do here is every week we're gonna pick games. Each game is worth a point apiece. And then Derek wants to have a uh, segment where we do a lock of the week where we can predict anything. Doesn't have to even be football related. And then we wager a certain number of points each week. One through 17 points is what we can wager, but we can only wager that point total once for the whole season. So if I wager five points this week, I can't wager five again. I have to pick a different number, somewhere between one and 17. So, and then we're going to keep track over the season and see who's got the best uh, best predicting. So for my wager this week, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wager that uh, I'm wagering four points. Jameis Winston's going to throw three touchdowns versus Green Bay. <laughs> that's 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 my plan. I think they're going to have to play catch up. He's he might throw three picks, but he's he's going to throw three <laughs> touchdowns too. That's the Winston way to go. Every touchdown you throw, you throw a pick. That's how to do it. Matt is going to go and go in here with just a one point wager that Green Bay wins by twenty one or more. Oh, only first, one point on that. First, wow, that's 20, 21 point win is pretty bold. The NFL, no matter how true, what bad you think a team is, the teams are fairly even. True. Uh, Derek said that uh, I'm going to have one player in my starting fantasy lineup that's going to get injured. That's a pretty solid bet. Uh, it already happened. No, nah. Gus Edwards. No, he means like someone I started is going to oh, get hurt okay. during the game. Okay, I so he's be, he's wagering five on that. Kevin, the Bears fan, is going to say that Aaron Rodgers throws two picks in week one. Not going to happen. Uh, that's hard. It's not a playoff game. Not going to happen. It only happens in FC Championship games. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> hey, what was the Oregon-Ohio State just game today? Be, just being serious. <laughs> yeah, his, you're right. There's, right. There's, there's seasons where he threw like three picks for the entire season, and then the NFC Championship game, he threw three. Yeah. So, like, there you had your entire season total. In one game. And then, Tim, explain yours. You're wagering four points on Tua. you going back yep. to that Tua, Tua yep. game. So, I think uh, I'm wagering for my uh, lock of the week is Tua loses the game to New England. And what I mean by that is I think this game's going to be close. I think Miami's going to have the final drive to put them in the lead. And he's either going to basically – Tua himself is going to turn the ball over in some way, whether it be a throwing a pick or fumbling the ball. But Tua loses the game for Miami. All right. So 
that is it for episode five this week. Impromptu. Follow us on our uh, Facebook page, uh, Dad Chat on Facebook, or on our Twitter page. We have what? We have nobody following us on Twitter. Pretty much, it's Kevin, and he's part of this, so it doesn't even count. Um, that is Dad, Dad Chat Podcast One on Twitter. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, tell us how we're doing, what we need to improve, you know, who we need to get rid of on the show. Maybe we maybe we need to boot somebody off the show. Who knows? <laughs> I don't care. That's harsh. Um, uh, that's it for the show. Uh, we'll do one next week sometime. We'll figure out a topic, but uh, we're definitely going to do an NFL picks segment again. Because that's, that's uh, what Derek wants to do for his little segment every week. But we will catch you all next week. Later.